Welcome to episode 118 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. We are talking about a Toronto Blue Jays team that is officially in the playoffs. They are facing the Minnesota Twins. We're going to go through the fact they've made it, the matchup, what they might do from here. But I did want to start, you know, going a little bit chronologically. I wanted to start with what happened on Sunday, because it is a situation we discussed last time, the possibility of of essentially punting a game in order to select your matchup. And it seems like they did that in pretty brazen terms, no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I suppose so. Yeah, Wes Parsons, or I don't even know for sure that that's his name. Um, interesting choice, but definitely not a, an arm that they were going to use in the postseason roster who was uh, going to be burned. Um, and so I, I don't know if it was more about that, just more about, you know, preserving uh, preserving innings for, you know, guys they actually think might be useful, or if it was more, you know, uh, you know they sat some guys. I think they behaved like a, a team in that position normally would do, not necessarily about, um, you know, trying to dictate the matchup, though. You know, uh, there's a little bit of that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'll put it to you this way. If they thought there was value in being the second wild card as opposed to a third wild card, they would have acted differently. Perhaps, and yeah, yeah. Not but, even Gosman. But did they, did they not, think that there was was equivalent value? Like, I, they must have. So, I, I don't know. I mean, cause if it, did, it didn't matter to them. Like, I don't know if they were going to fight for that second wild card. But, but I don't know if that means they... Uh, intentionally lost a game but it sure looked like it i i, I, do I mean get that. i don't know like you know you started cam there you know sitting kirk for instance makes sense like kirk is he's gone through a lot of uh workload just because danny jansen has been out um obviously you weren't going to start gosman because you're going to need gosman but then you know west parsons maybe not the most obvious person to use for that not not that they were overflowing with incredible options you know, you're starting Cam Eden, you're sitting, you know, Springer and Guerrero and Chapman all in the same day. I don't know. Like, again, it's weird because a AAA baseball team can beat a Major League Baseball team on any given day. So I don't think that they sort of firmly threw the game per se because I don't think you can really do that. Like Davis Schneider, they threw out there. He wanted to get some hits, undoubtedly, right? Like he wanted to show that he's someone they can call on in the playoffs. But it was, uh, I think they were more comfortable with the idea of defeat on Sunday than they would have been in just about any other game. Oh, yeah. Which, I don't know. That, that to me, that, that's fine to me. I don't know. Sure. Uh, I, I, like, but I, I will maintain that I don't necessarily know that it was about dictating a matchup and intentionally losing to get the sixth seed as much as it was about, you know, we're not going to use anyone who might have to pitch you know, this week or who, you know who is hurting in the slightest and we'll use this game for, you know, some guys to get some looks and, and some at bats that need it. And that's, that's sort of what they did. I mean, like, what was the, like, I'm, I'm just trying to look up now the 2015, like the final, you know, once they're, once they were clinched, um, you know, stuff got, stuff got a little bit weird um, because that's what teams do. I don't know. It doesn't, uh... but they might've fought like if, if it had been a reverse <laughs> situation and by, being the second seed, you, for whatever reason, were going to get a team that was easier, which is in theory how this whole format is set up, right? Like if you're the second seed, you have the benefit of avoiding a division winner. It just so happens that the divisions right now are kind of out of whack. So the division winner, the Twins, is not the scary one. 
But in theory, they, they're supposed to be the scary one. You're supposed to be more scared of the AL Central winner than second in the AL East, as laughable as that sounds based on how things have gone this year. So if, if the Rays were a worse team than the Twins, I think that they would have tried to win the game. Yeah, that's probably fair. Or they would have tried harder. They certainly, I mean, or, or just tried, I suppose. Yeah. It's a fair criticism. I don't know. I don't even know if but it's a should criticism. We, should we be bothered? Yeah, should we be bothered by it? Or I, I'm not sure. I know I saw like one, like, as, as I feel like I say every week. You know, there's there, there's every every manner of straw man you could possibly use uh, is uh, is out there on Twitter. Uh, I definitely saw somebody you know accusing them of cheating and 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 wronging their fans and giving them the middle finger because they wanted that 90 win benchmark or some insane thing like that. Yeah, no, that's stupid. No one cares about that. <laughs> and I mean, I do feel bad for fans who watch the game in the sense that I know a lot of people watch this game because they wanted to see the celebration. Like that's something that people really enjoy watching. And so you had to sit through this game that included a lot of like not real guys and them not making a very strong effort to win in order to get that reward of watching the celebration. But this is a very minor thing. This is not uh, a betrayal of the fans per se. I think where things get interesting would be a, a scenario where the, their game was consequential to another race. Like if they mm. effectively eliminated somebody by taking this loss, then... Again, I think you kind of have the right to do it anyway because you've clinched and you can do what's best for you. But I see where that would be an annoyance for sure. They could have won the game too. I don't know. You know, West Parsons, uh, tough assignment for the kid. Uh, the booing, one of those classic uh, every moron is like, I'm booing the situation and the manager. It's like, well, that's not really how it's coming off. And it, uh, to be fair, you know, to the kid, the 30-year-old, but like yeah, well. to be fair to the guy, you know, it is his major league debut. Like this is a super cool moment. And he did have, you know, not some unbelievable, but, you know, he had a solid year at AAA and they did have a chance to reward a guy for the tough work he put in. I believe he went to Korea, came back. He fought for this opportunity and it, it does kind of suck that, you know, first, first of all, it just didn't work out. Like he had a really bad day on the mound, but that the sort of the circumstances around that made it a little bit gross. And yeah, that's just unfortunate because if you talk to big league players, like the debut is such a big deal. Like it is something that people remember for the rest of their lives, potentially more than any other game they play. And so I, I do feel bad for Wes Parsons because it's, yeah, it just, it sucks to have it kind of have a weird aftertaste to it. Oh, I mean, it's probably going to get weirder. I mean, they haven't announced his DFA yet, so... <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's staying on the roster, you know, for the rest of the season or, you know, throughout the winter. It would be my no, suspicion. I don't feel that that's a guy they're, not. They're, uh, they're protecting from the Rule 5. No, it's unlikely. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's handy to have guys on the 40-man who you can take off the 40-man um, as a roster machinations thing. Anyway, we can leave it with Wes Parsons. He was, it was a moment in time. Um, I want to talk a little bit of just the idea of getting to the playoffs because, you know, this team, the expectations were so high and a lot of people sort of assumed that this would happen. And, and that was fair based on the talent and house and all the projections and that stuff. It still is an accomplishment. Like it's still people are like, oh, why are they celebrating so much for a wild card? Whatever. Like, no, it, it's a real accomplishment making the playoffs. I find myself wondering what the alternative would have been like they were pretty close to to blowing this like they're pretty close to not making the playoffs they needed a little help right if seattle had been brilliant uh in the final series then things could have gotten very dicey for this squad like 
in that world, which I guess, fortunately, we don't have to live in from a discourse perspective, like how hairy do you think it is if the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, I think it would be pretty bad, especially, you know, just the way that they, the, the, it would have meant this unfolded. They would have had to burn Gosman. You know, they had Brandon Belt on the bench on, on Saturday. Um, you know, they, they went to Trevor Richards early on, on Saturday, which I know a lot of people, uh, you know, people have, it turns out people have noticed that he's been pretty fucking awful since coming off the aisle. Um, you know, and there, there was a tough, a tough way to play it. I think I tweeted something like this, you know, like that it, it's, it's difficult. It's more difficult. I think that people appreciate that, you know, the job that John Schneider and whoever helps map out the pitching, we all know that that's. You know, it's not just one guy, you know, autocratically deciding these things, even though people really love to to hate on the one guy when things don't go the way they like. But, you know, however they decided to game plan that all out, uh, it's not an easy job because how hard do you go? You can't leave nothing in the tank for Sunday because Sunday might be the actual must-win game. And so that that, that would have that harried things up a bit. And then if they went out on, on Sunday and the Mariners won and they lost um, – yeah, it would have got it would have got real ugly. Except, I mean, I think it, it it's weird. You, you feel like people have been preparing for themselves for this to to happen since about May, uh, or maybe maybe earlier than that. It's the the weird defense mechanism that everybody's been using all year about about this team and about just oh they're, that they've convinced themselves that they're miserable and and therefore to try to tamp down these expectations that everybody sort of has and, and knows should be in place based on the talent on the team. Uh, you know, so maybe it would have been like, oh, see, I knew it. I knew it. People were, you know, rushing to, uh, pat themselves on the back for being right about this team all along. Uh, I'm sure somebody, I'm sure unless they win the world series, there's going to be people doing that anyway. Uh, but maybe that would have mitigated some of the nastiness of the discourse, but somehow, uh, I suspect not. And it would, we'd be talking right now about, you know, Ross Atkins job and John Schneider's job and where do you go from here? Yeah, and I mean, there there could still be a component of that if they get totally swept out of the series. I don't know if that's justified. I think those guys probably making the playoffs is enough of a, like, it's it's kind of hard to be like, wow, this was a true disaster in a year when you made the playoffs, especially when the Orioles were kind of unpredictably good. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you lost your opening day starter and Vlad went down, <laughs> had a worse year than the low end last year was supposed to be, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things happened wherein it's, you know, it would have been tough to win the AL East this year, right? Like the Rays got off to that insane start and so you were never in it from the beginning and the Blue Jays were actually playing pretty well in April, at least in terms of wins and losses. And then the Orioles, you know, I don't know, they became what they became and it was it was never in doubt in that way. Like the Blue Jays never challenged for that and so it's a bit of a, it was a mission failed from the beginning of the season um, but it also, yeah, I don't know. You don't see a lot of guys get canned, um, when they make the playoffs, unless it's sort of a truly humiliating exit, which you, I guess you could argue last year was, um, <laughs> yeah, and huh. maybe this would be more right. Like if I think people consider this Minnesota team fairly or unfairly just because of that AL central factor, um, uh, maybe just because of the twins and their history of just not winning in the playoffs at all. So no one conceptualizes them as sort of a strong franchise. I think there, I think there would be still potential for things to go pretty squirrely in terms of the discourse. I, I would be surprised though. And I think you, there's, you know, there's a good chance of them winning a game here. And if they win a game here, then they've officially taken a step forward as, as stupid as that is, as <laughs> yeah, like, that's objectively ridiculous. stupid. And I, I, if Ross Atkins would try to make that argument, that would be, a, a, I think it would be a tactical error to try and make yeah. that argument in public. Um, 
But behind closed doors, I don't know. Maybe you could. Maybe you could say that. Oh, well, and I think that's, I was going to say, you know, about what you're saying here, which is which is right. And the discourse would get weird. But, you know, Mark Shapiro is calling the shots. And I don't know how much, you know, Edward Rogers is in his ear about, you know, demanding more or whatever, or wanting more for his money. Uh, but, you know, if, if the final say comes down to Mark Shapiro, as it should, and it presumably does, you know, he will be compelled by the argument that, you know, best, <laughs> one of the best pitching teams in baseball, one of the best, you know, bullpens, starting rotations, defenses, and the offense was pretty good, uh, even though it lacked in, uh, in, in some uh, cluster luck at time and still, and nonetheless lacked in power, I think was obviously a huge thing. Um, and I've said, you know, you can't do much more than that from a team building perspective. And uh, that's, uh, you know, maybe the expectations should be higher than that. Uh, and I'm sure that, you know, at some point they will be if they continue to, you know, scrape into the playoffs and then uh, exit sort of quietly. Um, but, yeah, there's all sorts of reasons to think that they could absolutely do the opposite of that this year. Uh, though the Twins shouldn't be overlooked, but uh, yeah, um, I think just it, because they're the Twins, right? Yeah, It's worth talking about the Twins because I like, you know, just from a starting baseline, I, I believe the Blue Jays are a better team than the Twins. Um but we all know that in a three-game series, that doesn't really carry over. It doesn't matter. It's not like it doesn't matter at all, but, you know, unless there's an absolutely massive gap between the teams and you're talking about, you know, a 65-35 or a 70-30 type of probability for any given game, it it's not – it's, you know, it's just a coin flip. Like, it is. Like, I – you know, the fan graphs had them at 57.5. You know, someone asked me today, what do you think? And I said, you know, slightly above coin flip. I give them 54%. Uh, it's all arbitrary. Like, the Twins have some stuff going on. Now, the Twins also have a bunch of... People talked about how banged up the Rays were uh, yeah. <laughs> and when people were trying to talk up that matchup. Twins are really banged up here. And now, a lot of these guys are potentially coming back. We're talking about... You know, Byron Buxton, Royce Lewis, Carlos Correa, like really good players. But I think the even if a lot of them come back, like back, Buxton could come back, but he wouldn't be in the field, which is a huge difference, right? Like obviously yeah. he's been an incredible hitter in his time, but, you know, he, he's a special all-around player in theory. That's what makes him amazing. You know, Correa is not having the best year. Lewis, people wonder whether he'd play third base or not. Like there's just a ton of uncertainty around – the twins from a position player standpoint, but man, I mean, you know, the Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray thing, like these are top 10 starters by war this year. Both of them only team in baseball with two top 10 guys. Obviously it's pretty hard for more than a lot of teams to have two top 10 guys. Only team with two top 10 guys is Minnesota. Not guaranteed to win those games just because you have those guys, but it's a tough lineup to have to beat one of those guys. And the bullpen too. I think that people are sleeping on this bullpen because it, it's you know it's total year numbers are pretty bad um but they had a lot of guys come in later in the year um you know i'm talking about like louis varland and you know even brock stewart uh who's been really good and chris paddock who looks am yeah. <laughs> looks amazing as a reliever um and you know kenta maeda he's done that with the dodgers a ton he knows how that works like uh yeah, I don't know. I like a Blue Jays team that doesn't score a ton of runs and struggles to hit for power. This is not going to be an easy team to score runs against. Like I, people think of the Rays and like going to the trop as being absolute death for offense and that being the situation where you really have to scrape together runs. Of course, when they recently went to the trop, they did well, but 
yeah, I don't think going to Target Field is a recipe for scoring a ton of runs by any means. No, it's true. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's weird. All this stuff sort of does come back to just being a coin flip. And, and it would be anyway. I'm not saying that it's meaningless not to, you know, to go and look through the the, the opponents. But, you know, they're just, uh, they're coping mechanisms that people have. And, uh, you know, I was talking about the defense mechanisms with the, uh, <laughs> you know, just with the, how everybody has behaved all year, basically. Uh, or at least, the, you know, the vocal ones in my Twitter feed. Uh, and And just how... You know, annoying that is, and uh, but but I think that there is also coping mechanisms going on with like looking at thinking about the division in particular, uh, and also yeah, like you say, the bullpen numbers overall. You you feel good about that if that's the if that's really their bullpen, but they kind of fixed it, like you say. Um, and the division stuff. I mean, if you, I, I don't know, you know, I don't, I haven't seen a ton of people like like trying to hang their hats on this anyway, but. Uh, if anyone were so inclined, uh, you, might, you might want to try to remember how the Blue Jays have fared against you know better opponents as well this year. Like if you if you pull out both teams against against teams above five hundred or both Twins teams are against, better. Twins are over yeah. five hundred against teams above five hundred, which is not what you think of when you think AL Central division winner with eighty seven wins. Like you kind exactly. of assume that they've absolutely pummeled all the shitty teams and that they're not a real team, and that's not really the case. No, exactly. Um, yeah, and you know you can slice that and dice it many ways. You know the pitching; their pitching has been better against above five hundred opponents than the Blue Jays' pitching has been. Um, so yeah, like they're you know they are a threat. They're like exactly you said, like you say, they're not that that NL Central team that's just sort of in here by default, and and we're fortunate to be being you know in, lined up against them. Uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be probably pretty annoying, uh, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> um, but but they are also. You know, like anybody, they're beatable in these in a short series, and and uh, you know, you'd rather you'd rather this than Atlanta. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's no team you would rather face. I think, the, but that doesn't mean they're a joke, right? Like, I think a lot of people yeah. are in that camp of like, oh, you know, the Twins suck, the Jays are way better, division, division, division. Therefore, this is you know, wow, it's been a shitty year, but at least they're going to win this series. And, you know, they may well win the series. I'm not saying that they won't. Like I said, I think it's slightly above average chance that they do. But, it, yeah, it's not like they've drawn a team. Not that you can be guaranteed to win against any team in a three-game series, but they have not drawn a team that you feel like, oh, they're going to pummel them and all the matchups line up perfectly. And I don't know. Like, I guess I could create some kind of fictional team where all the matchups are absolutely perfect for the Blue Jays. Uh, this is not that team. No, definitely not. So it, it, it will be interesting. Um, the first game is going to be huge. I feel uh, not not just because you know, of course, it's a third of the series potentially, maybe even half of the series, uh, but also because there is you know, there's a lot of psychological trauma in both these fan bases uh, in terms of you know playoff uh, success or lack thereof. I mean, the Twins obviously on a much bigger scale uh, than the Blue Jays, but you definitely. Whichever team loses that first game, there's going to be a here we go again element to it, which maybe doesn't matter to the, what's going on on the field, but will certainly drive uh, a lot of takes and a lot of uh, chatter, uh, which I'm not particularly looking forward to uh, unless uh, unless it's the Twins that lose game one. Yeah, and, and for people who kind of are vaguely aware of the difficulties the Twins have had in the playoffs, um, here's the specifics. Since 2006, they have appeared in the playoffs six times and they have not won a game. So that is an, uh, three ALDS sweeps between 2006 and 2010. Then they lost a wild card game back when that was a single 
game in 2017, swept in the ALDS in 2019, and then lost a wildcard series in 2020. And they had some good teams in some of those years. You know, one of the 2019, that's an 101 win team. Uh, you know, so there's kind of mid 90s, like 2006 is a 96 win team. Um, you know, that's a Johan Santana era. This has been, you know, as bad as people think, like, oh, you know, you associate this era of the Vladdy and Bo of them not quite making good on it. And a lot of it has to do with 2020. I think, honestly, a lot of it has more to do with 2021 when they didn't make the playoffs than their disappointments in the playoffs. Um, but well, yeah. Just because it was a better team, probably. But yeah. But it's, but you're right. I think that whoever loses game one, there's, there's going to be a lot of dread. Now, to the degree to which that dread filters down and is meaningful to the players is always up for debate. And I think it's probably on an individual level, right? Like some guys probably let more in than others. We'll never be able to know that. We'll never be able to totally quantify that. Um, but it would be a huge step if they were able to win this game. And it would be a much bigger step for the Twins if they were able to win their game. On a micro kind of matchup level, one thing that's interesting to me is that like Pablo Lopez is a pretty big righty-lefty split guy. Um, lefties have had a lot more success against them this season and there's just so much talk you know prior to the year the Blue Jays in terms of evening out their lineup and that being a big deal in terms of handling certain matchups and again you know when you're talking about broader general concepts a single game is never going to perfectly tell you anything but it would be sort of indicative like if they have this game and you know Varsho hits a dinger and Belt has a key hit or whatever, you know, even Kiermaier does something offensively. Kevin Biggio. Kevin Biggio. Wow. Mm-hmm. How, how could I not mention the guy who hits <laughs> cleanup all the time? Um, if something like that happens, then I think you might get a little wind in the sails for, and you know, again, this is the sort of thing I notice and people who notice would kind of have to amplify it, not necessarily saying this is something that's going to be like a you know, wildfire going through the fan base, but there will be a little bit of potentially, uh, vindication on the way this team is built because that that was a big thing and like when you're talking about you know the 2021 Blue Jays 2022 Blue Jays you know are these teams you know are the things that are good about them too good and their flaws too pronounced one of the things you worry about in those type of situations is how does it ha- how do they handle micro matchups and whereas in or, the- or like like, or a guy like Lopez in particular. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's what the playoffs all, are all about, right? Like it's finding these little edges in all these matchups and kind of perfectly lining it up. And if you're an easier team for other squads to do that to, in theory, it makes you an easier opponent to defeat in the playoffs. And that's been borne out for the Blue Jays, but we're talking about four damn games. So who knows? But yeah, <laughs> to be fair, that is what's happened to the Blue Jays. And it's kind of as far as we've experienced it. This is true, uh, you know, and and it'll go a little bit the other way. I I think you know we'll probably see they have a lot of lefties on their team. We might see uh, Kikuchi. His role will be very interesting. The two lefties in the bullpen will be very interesting. How that, uh, how that works itself out over the course of two or or three games. Yeah, he's he's a really interesting guy, and and you could make kind of a galaxy brain argument for starting Kikuchi. Uh, in game two, I do want to get into, I just think that's an interesting talking point with this team because it seems like, I don't think they've said anything yet as of recording that when you're listening to this, maybe there'll be something definitive. Um, but it seems like the momentum for what people want at least to see is Bassett, but 
you could make a pretty good case for Barrios as well. And the Kikuchi thing is just the 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 Twins are not good against left-handed pitching, comparative to right-handed pitching. They have quite a few lefty platoon bats who have to come out. Uh, a lot of their guys have the nasty, nasty splits, like the Dalton Varsho 2022 type of splits. And you, I think that that argument would make sense if Kakutu had been really rolling through the end of the year. But he'd been, I don't know, he's been a little bit dicier in the back end. Not, but not in a horrible, not like he's totally struggled or anything, but he hasn't had as many of those convincing performances sort of late August through September. So, I don't know. Personally, I'd have a hard time throwing Kikuchi in there, especially when you know he can work pretty well around the bullpen. But what about the Bassett-Barrios dilemma? Or do you think that's not a dilemma at all? Uh, I think, I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily characterize it as a a dilemma. But, um, you know, fuck, I would need to know more about, okay, like, when does the next series start? Do we we need to think about about Ryu taking the ball at some point? Like, how are we, uh, can we piggyback uh, Kikuchi and Barrios and... Uh, you know, or like have have Brio start, but have Kikuchi ready maybe for game two if you win game one. Like there, there are still some decisions I think to be made down there. But I, I mean, on, for me viscerally, I think I'm with the people who are kind of like, yeah, Bassett is just giving me the better vibes at the moment than Barrios, and uh, and and I would be I would be very fine with that. I, but yeah, and it would it would be tough to you know to lose to go to go out in two games and not have Bassett pitch just based on how he ended the season. And how his whole second half basically went. You know, everybody was going through the stats after that great performance uh, on Friday or whatever the hell day it was, um, and, and and rightfully so. Like he's been fantastic, uh, particularly in the second half. He's been rolling through. You know, third time through, and 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 you know, every number that you look at is is just is just way way better than the first half. And I, I don't think Barrios compares, even though he's you know a very very good uh, upper mid t- uh, mid rotation option. Uh, there's the Minnesota factor as well, you know, the, that he was formerly a twin. Uh, I don't know if that means they know him better or what, um, but uh, this is really more of a vibes-based assessment. You know, I'm sure you you can make the case for either pitcher to go, but um, just just feeling a little more confident with Bassett on the mound. Yeah, I'm intrigued by the concept of Brios because, I mean, it's weird to say this based on what we saw in 2022, but... He's been a little bit more reliable lefty-righty. Like Bassett's really struggled with lefties this year, and the Twins can throw them out. Um, that being said, like I'm going through Barrios's career splits here. Like for instance, if he had been unbelievable at Target Field his whole career, uh, sounds a little bit silly, but because he pitched there so often, that might compel me a little bit. He's got 392.2 innings, uh, 398.2 innings at Target Field. But he's got a 363 ERA there. So that's kind of what you get from Brios. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that that's enough. In fact, his, you know, his ERA this year is 365. So, I, like, that's not enough to compel me to think, oh, there's a special reason that you've got to have him out there. Um, and it's not like he's got sort of special playoff credentials or anything. So I, I, I think I'm with you that I'd go with Bassett based on reasons that I normally wouldn't like to go off, but because it's just, it really is. It's so close that, you know, you're talking about a guy with a 360 ERA versus a guy with a 365 ERA. Um, And Bassett is a little bit better on expected ERA and Barrios is a little bit better on FIP. And, you know, Barrios strikes out. Bassett's getting a third of a run based on that first start alone, I think, at this point. 
Yeah. It's also a factor. Uh, but also, I've, I've, I've looked this up. Um, yeah, so the, the Division Series, both AL, AL Division Series start on Saturday. So, yeah, you're going to need a fourth starter. Or that's or, or, you, or you're pitching Gosman on short rest, which I suspect you're not. Um, so that complicates it a little bit as well. Uh, you kind of got to get there. Um, but the, but man, not sure about giving Ryu a ball, the ball at this point. Uh, no, God, Ryu- God, God love him. Uh, you know, thank you for your service. But that was that was uh, as much as I'm aware of the the um, the deficiencies of Trevor Richards' performance of late. Uh, was happy to see someone else coming to that ball. No, I mean Ryu. The fact they got. 52 innings of 3.46 ERA ball out of him is a goddamn miracle. Like, it, and it's not <laughs> like he was horrendous by any means, and you know he didn't walk too many people, and you know he he kind of got his slow curveball going as a bit of a compensator for his stuff dwindling across the board. But he is not someone you want to push your luck with. I don't think he. I mean, he's extraordinarily easy to leave off the wild card roster, right? Because he doesn't have. You're not starting him, and he doesn't have established bullpen utility. Like, what do you like? Do you really want him coming out of the bullpen in any situation? Like, I can't think of a spot where I'd be like, "Oh, here's Ryu coming in in this crucial moment." <laughs> not so much. No, no, I don't. Think. Uh, you know, it would be nice. Uh, I feel maybe you said this last week, but it would be nice maybe if they had another guy just available who's been pitching all the time at Triple uh, A, stay, staying, staying loose, staying, uh, staying lengthened. Uh, for such a weird situation, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's weird how they're just, there's <laughs> I mean, something I don't know if missing. I trust him either, but yeah, something missing with this team. All right, before we get out of here, this is going to be a relatively short episode. I think we're going to come to you with uh, quite frequently through this run, so far as it lasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll do three extra podcasts, which, maybe two. <laughs> which probably means that we're going to do <laughs> shorter episodes. Uh, I'm sure you'll forgive us for that. But before we get out of here, let's do some predictions. Let's start with uh, just the basic one, Stoughton. What do you have in uh, series score? Uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to put it out there that the Jays will lose. So I'm going to say the Jays are going to win and... I I feel I have to go with in three games because I feel like they've just established their inability to get out of their own way enough that uh, it's it's not going to be easy. Nothing's going to be easy. I think they have the talent to do it. Obviously, I mean anyone who's in the dance, like you say, has the talent to do it. Um, it would be good. It would be you know poetic. It would be so nice just after the season of misery to you know actually get a little fun out of this team and uh, maybe make people rethink. Um, the, the multiple points where they have written the season off and decided that this group is just not good enough. That would be satisfying for me. Um, that's not so much a prediction, I suppose, though. Uh, but yeah, I think they get it done. I, I don't care that they're on the road. That, 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 those bad vibes in Minnesota, the here we go again is going gonna, is gonna to creep in the first because it sure as hell would here. <laughs> the first <laughs> sign of a deficit is like, it's going to be nightmare vibes in there and the twins will feel it. Maybe that's the Blue Jays' future in like 2040 after they do as much of uh, this as the Twins have. Uh, my thought, I mean, this is, again, these are, it's, it's a silly thing. It's a silly exercise to predict this. My thought is that if it's two games, it's the Twins, and if it's three games, it's the Blue Jays. 
because uh, I think the Twins sort of third starter situation, having to rely on Ryan, who has been a bit dubious lately, or Ober, who's been more good lately, and I don't think he's necessarily that talented, uh, they would have an edge in game three is my instinct. So I'll say Blue Jays in three as well, because I think putting Twins in two would be a rough, rough one for a Blue Jays happy hour uh just just <laughs> for the name of the podcast <laughs> another sweep yeah that'd be tough so. <laughs> does it i mean it depends if jordan romano is uh pitching the ninth or jordan hicks oh, i guess man. well neither <laughs> of them now no i think hicks is still good um okay likely hero so who who's the star who comes up in this series oh i think uh i i'm stealing this from someone on twitter that i don't remember and can't credit but i think david schneider's got a little ed sprague you know what do you mean like i said likely hero you think yeah, it's likely that he's yeah well, have you watched the season yeah i know <laughs> but like the category is okay fine all right i was gonna say my likely hero is vladdy um <laughs> because yeah likely in the context of his whole life maybe less of the season but he the the thing the twins do really really well is that they strike guys out so I'm looking for players like Kirk and Vladdy who don't strike out so much to be the ones to make an impact in this series and put the ball in play. Uh, and, you know, he's been so much better from a power perspective when he's not at Roger Center. Like he's been more of a, you know, not the 48 home run guy, but the 30 home run guy. So, uh, yeah, I see an impact for big impact for Vladdy in this one. Uh, we'll see if you understand the category. We'll go with unlikely here and see if you give me Kevin Gosman. Yeah, I, I I might. No, I mean, look, I think David Schneider is very likely going to be the hero. That's what this season has been all about. Um, <laughs> unlikely hero, um, you know, uh, you say Kikuchi. I think uh, will you know maybe that maybe I should have flipped mine. I don't know. You can tell me that. That's fair. Uh, I don't know if Kikuchi's any more likely a hero, but. Uh, those tough lefties, there's going to be some situations where he has to, where, or potentially where he could, could have to be called upon to, to do some stuff. And uh, I think that that could, uh, that could genuinely happen. That would be another sort of poetic thing. Uh, it'd be very nice, very satisfying for him to uh, become a hero after the tough year that he endured last year. And I think people, and, and that we endured watching. People wouldn't even doubt it. You know what I mean? Like it, when, if Kikuchi came in a big spot out of the bullpen against the lefty, I don't think people would be scared of that. I think they'd feel confident, which is again, more so just than, more so than some of the other guys back there right now, which is just insane to say uh, in the context <laughs> of the season. Like you could do some weird shit with a time, mach time machine in the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, my unlikely here, I'm going to go with Dalton Varsho. Uh, I, I kind of wrote about guys I thought would have a bigger than expected impact on the series. And I led with Varsho because for a couple of reasons, one, the twins are a team that hits a ton of fly balls. Uh, they rarely put the ball on the ground. So look for the blue Jays outfield defense to play a big role in this series. Uh, he's just been so much better lately and he's been so much better on the road. Like one of those guys who has the you know very much like Vlad the really truly definitive uh just hates the new Roger Center with a fiery passion <laughs> uh and so I think you know get him out on the road get him against Pablo Lopez who will make life a little bit easier for him than some other starters would uh and get him running down some balls and I think that's uh it's a good recipe for Dalton Varsho to uh yeah I mean grow in the eyes of Blue Jays fans for sure who are still um, you know, and fairly because he disappointed this year, but there's still some hostility there that maybe he can knock off with a big mini series. 
<laughs> I mean, I feel like Buck's been working on that every night. I mean, uh, he he enjoys uh he enjoys Varsho a little bit. He's a he's a he's a Buck kind of player, you know. Kiermaier too. There's a lot of good uh, Buck players who came to the team this year. Um, so that was that was sort of the recipe. Maybe uh, that, we joked about that. Yeah. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's the recipe for the elusive playoff win. You know, or <laughs> just the one win. Um, we're gonna leave it there. We will be with you fairly consistently again as long as this run lasts. So, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening right now is consistently checking uh, Blue Jays Happy Hour on whatever their favorite podcaster catcher is and uh, just refreshing. Um, so we, we encourage you to keep doing that. Please keep leaving reviews and ratings and all that stuff that's good for algorithms. And uh, we look forward to being with you very soon. 